recording. We're in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let me help you find it. P-H-I-L-I-P-P. Yep, Philippians chapter 2. Right. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So God feels like he needs to tell us how to think. And he wants us to think the way that Jesus thought. So it must be available to us. Even though we live in a wicked world, we're surrounded by wickedness, we're surrounded by evil spirits, we're surrounded by people that don't believe any of this. We still have the ability to think God's thoughts after him. And Jesus is, is not only our Lord, our Savior, our Master, right, our Judge, our soon-coming King, but he is also our example. You can tell uh, you can tell how he thinks by the way that he reacts. How do we react? You can tell how we're thinking by the way that we, we react to situations, to people, right? Because what's in there is going to come out, right? Right? And a lot of times the reason that we act the way that we do, and, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying we. I had to repent today for something that I did. You know, every now and then I can come across, you know, kind of, uh. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I had to repent for the way that I acted today. I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't mean to say anything inappropriate, but it, but it looks like, it looks by the reaction that I got, it looks like I, I was a little out of line. So I had to go back and repent. Well, that's because I was thinking about me. I was thinking about my situation. I was thinking about the pressure that I'm under. I was thinking about right my perspective, and I wasn't thinking about the other person's perspective. Well, what was Jesus thinking about all the time? When they're nailing him on the cross, what did he think? You can tell what he thinks by the way that he acts. Did he say, well, damn all you people anyway to hell? Is that what he said? Aren't you glad he didn't say that? <laughs> right? What did he say when they were nailing him on the cross? Wow, he was thinking about me. When he's in the garden, the night before he was, he was betrayed, remember he was praying and he was in such agony, the Bible says that his sweat turned to great drops of blood. Now I've heard a little bit from uh, the medical uh, community that there's actually a medical condition when a person gets under such tremendous stress that their, their capillaries explode and their sweat actually runs red and turns to blood. So he was under tremendous stress at that moment because he knew he was going to take on the sin of the world in his own spirit and be separated from God. In his own soul, I mean, it's, it's, it's unthinkable. And in his own body, he was going to take on the sin of the world in one person. And every part of his person was going to be invaded with the sins of of. of the race of mankind. And at that moment, when he's under that kind of pressure, he's, he's praying. He says, Father, accept this cup pass from me. Remember? He's in the garden praying. And I, a lot of times I, I, I like to go back and say, you know, when we're taking the communion, that cup is called the cup of blessing. Did you know that? The Bible calls that the cup of blessing. 
And we drink that freely, right? Do you know you do not have to drink the, the cup of cursing? Ever? Never? Never? You know, what the, you know what's under the curse? Death, separation from God, sickness, confusion, poverty, depression, confusion. That's all under the curse. Aren't you glad that that wasn't in our cup? What was in our cup? In our cup, there's peace like a river, even in the storms of life. No matter what you're going through, God is in you. Say, Jesus, you're in me. Jesus, I know you're in me, and I'm in you. And you're in me, and I'm in you. I'm taking on your mind. I want to think the way you think. I'm going to allow you to think through my mind. Even when I'm under pressure. You know, a Christian, really, you know when we should be at our best? When everything's easy? A Christian, our true colors should come out when, when it's game time. When we're under pressure. That's when we should, that's when our true colors should, should really show. Isn't that right, babe? Hi, babe. That's when we should be at our best is when we're under the most pressure. If we've adopted his mind. And, and, you know, I mean, I think this is a decision that we can make. And it starts with this scripture right here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, if you had the mind of Christ, and the Bible says you do, did you know that? You know, we don't talk enough about the mind in, in the church world. Out there in, in uh, you know, in the New Age cults and the metaphysical cults and everything like that, and uh, Christian science and things like that, they talk a lot about the mind. Well, almost everything they got, they got from the Bible. The Bible talks a lot about your mind and what's, how you're supposed to think. Say this with me. Say, my mind, my mind. is my mind. I don't have to think evil thoughts. I don't have to think depressing thoughts. I don't have to think thoughts of failure. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Now, where are you? You got to remember, let this mind be in you. Where are you? In Christ Jesus. Did you know you're in him? We teach little kids in Sunday school, where, you know, tell Jesus to come into your heart, right? Everybody say this. Say, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. I'm going to walk with you all the days of my life. Now, did you know that he's already, uh, he, he's, he, he came into your heart when you asked him to, didn't he? Aren't you glad? He comes into your heart the moment you ask him to. I don't know, and I know most of us did when we were little kids and stuff like that, right? So where is Jesus? Everybody, tell your faith buddy, say, Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. Yeah. He's looking at you out through these windows here, huh? He's looking at you through these eyeballs, huh? <laughs> you, know, it's you know what's really going to help us? You know what's really going to help us? Is if we can start seeing Christ in our brother and sister, our mom and dad, our son or daughter, our aunts and uncles. Because th there's a spark of the divine in, in just about everybody. Huh? 
Sometimes you got to look for it a little bit, all right? <laughs> Maybe fan the flames a little bit, right? But he's in there. He's in there. Uh, first, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, we no longer see one another in the flesh. Aren't you glad? I'm glad you don't see me with all my faults and failures. I'm, I feel privileged as a pastor that people think, you know, think, oh, yeah, he's got it together. But you know what? I don't got everything together. And don't ask my wife. She, right? <laughs> I'm just like you. I'm just like you. Right? Right? Maybe, maybe I've been doing this a little bit longer. You know, and maybe I've been uh, dragged down a bumpier road than you and learned a few hard lessons. Who knows? But the point is that Christ is in me just like he's in you. Right? Just like he was in the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul didn't have any special privileges because he was an apostle. He had special privileges because he's a believer. Are you a believer? Where is Jesus? Dominic, where is Jesus? Good job, son. Now, where are you? Okay, let's keep reading our Bibles. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Huh? Very good, very good. Did you know that he, ha he wants you to come into his heart? Just the same way you want him think to come about in? about that. I mean, do you really think like that? Let this mind be in you. Right. But how many people think like that? They'll think, like, oh, he is an awesome missionary in his heart. Well, who do you do this all for? Right. Well, that's not a, a thought that belongs to any Christian to huh? What was his motivation when he died on the cross? What was his motivation? Well, i got to do this for these stupid people. Was that his motivation? I hate these people, but I'm going to do this anyway. Right? No. That was not his motivation. He did it because he loves you. He wants you to come in. He can't wait to get his hands on you and love you. Have you ever seen that one painting where the, where the, where the man comes home to heaven and Jesus is there and, and, and grabs him and hugs him and, 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 and holds him right? And you can see the nails in his hands. I think it's, uh, it quotes uh, um, Revelation where it says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. He can't wait to have you come sit down at the dinner table with him. He did this all for you. He loves you. You know, sometimes in the, it, it, we, we get so hypercritical of our own selves. We see all of our own faults. We see all of our own failures. We see all of our own carnal shortcomings and weaknesses, but that's not how he sees you. How does he see you? Huh? Yeah. Aren't you glad that God looks at you through Jesus-colored glasses? <laughs> Is God mad at Jesus? Can you imagine that? Jesus comes home late. <laughs> the car comes up in the driveway. Right? Knocks over the trash cans. <laughs> God the Father standing there waiting at the door. Where you been, boy? Right? Is that you, Patsy? Hi, hon. Let's see how we can put you on speakerphone here, right there. Okay, we want to be able to hear you. This is Patsy from Alaska. Okay. How you doing, Hi. sister? Hello. Everybody loves you. You're in church with us. Hi, guys. We love you. Everything's going to be okay, Patsy. We are in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5. Okay, can you find that? Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. And we're talking about 
the in Christ realities. And we asked our friends here tonight, we're all sitting in a circle having a Bible study. We all asked our friends, where is Jesus, right? And since most of us are Christians, we always say, well, Jesus is in my heart. Right, Jason? But we want to emphasize tonight that you are in his heart. Did you know that you are in him? Yes. It's very important for us to remember that. Especially when tough times come, huh? Yeah. And, and tough times come to all of us. But when they do, did you know we can make it better or we can make it worse by what we think and what we say? Because we're all tempted to think, let's just call them wicked thoughts. And, and here's, here's the first wicked thought that we need to repel. God doesn't love me. Huh? Because if because God loves you so much, he can't wait for you to come to his house. He's made a he's made a place for you at the table and he has got a he has got your name right there in his book and he is waiting for you. So I'm in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Say, in Christ Jesus. Everybody. In Christ Jesus. Now close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, and say, I am in Christ Jesus. And say, say Heavenly Father, I'm going to let the mind of Christ be in me. Because the Bible says so. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Can somebody read verse 6 in a different ver version for me, please? I'm reading 500-year-old language here. I need a little bit more modern language. Verse 6. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which makes God God, did not think this equally with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. Help me out here, please. Verse 6. NLT. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. As something to cling to. He didn't cling to his status. Was Jesus God? Yes. Is Jesus God? Will Jesus always be God? Was Jesus always God? Yes. Absolutely yes, 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 yes. But he didn't cling to that status when he came to save my soul. Did he? He let go of his status and lowered himself to my level. Huh? How low did he have to go to find me? Pretty low. <laughs> Pretty low. Because <laughs> he had to meet me on my level, Maria. He had to meet me where I was. I was low. Low, my God, I was low. There's nobody that's ever sunk lower than Jesus sank 
for my sin. In fact, he sunk so low in sin that there's, he's the only man that's ever experienced the deepest part of hell. That's amazing. And he says, let this... Mi-. Go ahead, Cindy, would you read again, please? I'll read six again, then go into seven. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human... When, when, he, when he appeared in human form. Keep going. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on, on a cross. Now, the King James says... Was that verse 8? And being found in fashion as a man, in other words, he looked like a man, he felt like a man, he experiences everything that a man experienced, right? Even though he is and was and always will be God, he became a man. It's a mystery, Dominic, because he's the only being that was ever 100% God and 100% man at the same time. It's a mystery, but it's true. He had to come become 100% man in order to experience everything that a man can possibly experience from the depths to the heights. Are you following this? Yes. So verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Now there's a couple of ways to read that, and I don't know if you're ready for it. Adam bowed his knee to death and passed on death to you and I. We did not have a choice in the matter. The only way for us to get out of that, uh, the only way for us to get out of that was for Jesus to experience the same death that Adam experienced. Now you and I, Whitney, we did not have a choice. We were born into spiritual death with a propensity to live as sinners separated from God because of our great-great-grandfather Adam and his, his act of treason, right? We didn't have a choice. We were born into this uh, devil's bargain, right? We did not have a choice. But Jesus was born of a virgin. So that he did not have spiritual death inside him. But he volunteered for death. That's amazing. Is that amazing? <laughs> Patsy, are you with us? Okay. Smile, Patsy. God loves you. All right. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, that's why God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Now, let me just run a few names by you. Cancer is a name. They give different kind of cancers different kinds of names. Uh, what do they call it? 
squamish cell, sarcomas, lymphomas, carcinomas. Those are all names. But those names are not higher than the name of Jesus. There's no other name that's higher than the name of Jesus. I'll give you some more names. How about depression? That's a name of a, of a clinical mental condition that people suffer from. Is that true or is that false? That's true, isn't it? Did you know that depression will bow to the name of Jesus? Now, the name of Jesus is in my Bible, isn't it? I could open up this Bible to hundreds of places and show you where the name of Jesus is on my Bible. But did you know I could take this Bible and throw it over there in the corner and this Bible won't chase any devils? This Bible by itself laying in the corner will not defeat darkness. This Bible laying by itself in the corner will not defeat sin. This Bible laying by itself in the corner will not defeat depression or cancer or poverty. Poverty is a name. Right? Let's read it again. Verse 9. Philippians 2, 9. That's why God also... Cindy, would you read 9, please? Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Keep going, please. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God, the glory of God the Father. Now, now the King James says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things. Now, uh, the Greek says something more like beings in heaven and beings in the earth and beings under the earth. Those are the three realms. The heavenly realm, right? The earthly realm and the, and the uh, kingdom of darkness. <coughs> Jesus has authority in three worlds because he's conquered all three. And there's no name that's higher than the name of Jesus. I don't care what you're going through, the name of Jesus will defeat it. But there's, there is a catch. There's a catch. <laughs> Anybody want to know what the catch is? You have to speak his name. And you have to speak it <clears throat> not like it's a rabbit's foot. <laughs> huh? Not like it's some kind of magic charm. But you have to speak it as a weapon. You have to speak, when you're praying, you use the name of Jesus as a key that unlocks all of the wealth of heaven for you. You believe it, it works. If you don't, it won't. Good night. <laughs> it's just that simple. People sometimes wonder, well, why don't I get res results? I, I prayed, I read my Bible, I went to church three times or whatever, right? I put $5 in the offering and I don't understand why it don't work. Well, does water put out fire? Thank you. That's very good. You went to school, didn't you? <laughs> Does water put out fire? Yeah. 
Just one person believes the water puts out fire? Because water puts out fire, don't it? Good. I like that. I like that. Okay. Do, do, uh, do what A-rated fire extinguishers put out. Let's just say for the sake of academia here, water puts out fire. Can we, right? But if I wait until my whole house is on fire, and I take a Gatorade bottle full of water and kind of throw it at the, at the, at the flames, what's going to happen? You're going to burn all the hair off of your arm if you had any to begin with, right? Well, I, well preacher, I thought you said water puts out fire. I, I prayed, I believed, I did this, I did that. Is it possible that we could develop our faith in the name of Jesus even more than what we already have? Is that possible? Is that within the realm of the remotest possibility? I think we would have to say yes. Now, how do you develop faith? Good, that's beautiful. You, you are a graduate level student. Yes, faith comes by and and. And hearing 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 and hearing. Now the devil wants to isolate you and talk in your ear for about 22 hours a day and get you to think his thoughts so you feel his feelings and believe his destiny and amen. Can you imagine how rotten the devil must feel all the time? Because if you listen to the devil for two minutes, you feel terrible. Don't Amen, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, the devil can make you get depressed like that if you listen to him for two minutes. Can you imagine how horrible he has to feel all the time? All the time. He doesn't have a good day. And breaking news, it's not getting any better for him. You know how, you know, amen. He, his best days are behind him. Way back in the long gone in the rear view mirror. The devil's worst days are yet to come. It's only going to get worse and worse and worse and worse for him. Can you imagine how defeated he must feel all the time? Can you imagine how fearful he must feel all the time? He knows he's going to burn in hell. He knows he's going to the bottom of the pit and they're going to chase him up and down the back alleys of hell throughout the ages of eternity. Amen. He knows his day is coming. And he knows the church is growing by the millions every year. He's got a problem on his hands he cannot solve. You're his biggest problem, especially if you have faith in the name of Jesus. But buddy, let me tell you something. If you don't use the name of Jesus in faith, you're going to be trapped in a mediocre Christianity. When the devil comes knocking on your door with all of his little packages. Are you listening to me, Patsy? Yeah, I'm when the devil comes knocking on your door with depression. Huh? You know how when they bring you something, the UPS man or the FedEx man brings you something and you're looking forward to it? Might be a new cell phone, right? Might be some camo wrap for your shotgun or something, Whitney, right? right? You know what I'm talking about, right? And you just, you can't hardly wait. You know it's coming. You got the app, right? You know something good's coming, right? <laughs> right? You know something good's coming. And when they come, do they have to beg you to sign for that thing? Give me that pen. You're snatching it out of his hand. You're going to, right? You're going to sign for that thing, right? You snatch it out of that guy's hand. Thank you very much. Go ahead, slam the door, go to the house and rip it open, right? Amen. 
Well, what if you open that thing up and there's, right, and there's a bunch of scorpions and tarantulas in there? Huh? If you knew that, would you have signed for it? When he rang the doorbell, what would you do? <laughs> right? <laughs> have you ever seen somebody peek out the, the, through, the, through the blinds, yeah. right? They ain't answering that door. It's not for me. Go away. We don't want any. Right? <laughs> right? That's the way you got to be when the devil comes knocking at your door with his junk, with his depression. Say, in Jesus' name, get out of here. Yeah, that's, you got to get mad. You got to get mad. You can't just lay there like a victim. Huh? And say, well, I guess I got a sign for this junk. No, you don't. No, you don't. If I was at your house, come on. If I was at your house and they came knocking on your door, what do you think I'd do? Huh? What do you think me and Cindy would do if we were at your house and the devil came with a box of spiders? And we knew it was a box of spiders, right? Don't sign for that! Come on. Do you think I'd just lay over there in the corner like a little pastor? Oh. I wouldn't want to upset anybody's feelings. Huh? No, we would get militant. Now, wouldn't we? Because we know what's in that dumb box. Now, stop signing for it. Say, in Jesus' name. Get out of here with that. That's the way you got to talk. Dominic, Patsy, Asia, that's the way you got to talk. Maria, Jason, that's how you got to talk. You can't, and it's a, am I, am I being nice? Am I being sweet? Come on now, this is like the locker room. We're going to go out here for the second half and kick some tail, all right? We're going to open up a big can of whoop, you know, right? Amen? Come on. Aren't you tired of getting whipped? Aren't you getting tired of getting kicked around at life? Dominic, aren't you getting tired of getting whooped? Huh? I mean, you know, I mean, have you ever sent your kid out to play a ball game or something and they get skunked like 42 to nothing or something, right? I mean, Michael, we put him in wrestling. He didn't win for like, what, three years. Every single match, they threw him. I mean, they threw him, squashed him. I mean, precious bodily fluids were just everywhere on the mat. It was horrible. But we didn't let him quit. We didn't let him quit. And, you know, the day came when he got tired of getting whipped. The day came when he got mad and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. It looks like dad's not going to let me quit. Right? I'm going to figure this out. That day came and it's going to come for you too. You're going to get tired of getting whipped. Huh? Unless and until you're tired of getting whipped, Dominic, I can't help you. Maria? But let me tell you something, sister. If you want a, if you want a buddy that'll help you fight... You come to the right place. I mean, me, me and my sister Melanie, I don't know if she's listening tonight, but me and my sister Melanie, we, we grew up in some bad neighborhoods. Our dad was a, a doctor. We woke up one day and we're in the worst neighborhood in town. We didn't know what to do. We knew one thing. We had each other. We better fight. And me and my sister could chase off a big bunch of people. <laughs> we did it more than once. I had her back. She had mine. She's pretty tough. And, uh, you know, we, we walked to school together and you just didn't mess with us. Because, you know, we may not be tough, we may not be bad, but we will scratch your eyes out, pull your hair, kick you, anything, right? Hit you with our bong, on the way, whatever, you know? <laughs> Amen. Come on, you got to stick together. Amen. You can't isolate yourself from the body of Christ. You have to find somebody that loves you enough to get you, scrape you up off the mat and, and, and get you full of the word of God again, send you back out there into, into life's fight, get you full of faith and say, you're a winner. 
Amen. Dominic, look at me. You're a winner. I'm not going to allow you to be a loser. Amen. How about me? Sit, tell me that. Say, Pastor, I'm not going to allow you to lose either. <laughs> right? Right, Patsy? Yeah. Patsy, you're, you're made of some good stuff. I know you are. You're a fighter. You're not a loser. You're a winner, Patsy. I'm telling you. In the name of Jesus, you got faith. Say this with me. Say, I am. Everybody, I am a child of God. No weapon formed against me can prosper. No weapon formed against me can prosper. But every tongue that rises against me, I condemn with the name of Jesus. So you've got to understand when these depressing thoughts come on you, that's the devil. I mean, you, you listen, you get out there and the devil wants to put up these smoke screens and make you think, well, it's you, it's your upbringing, it's your culture, whatever, it's the economy, you know, it's because it's Donald Trump's in office, therefore I must be depressed. No, that's all the devil. It's all the devil. Depression defeat it all comes from the devil every bit of it and when they knock on your door and say hey we got a little package of defeat for you today you got a little package of depression for you today will you sign for it huh you got to be assertive you have to be aggressive you have to know your rights in christ jesus are you in him is he in you does he love you did he die on the cross so you don't have to drink that cup now listen, we drink the cup of blessing when we take communion, right? Is depression a blessing? No. If the devil can make you think depression is a blessing, he's got you. Listen to me. Unbelief will always put you in a passive position to satanic activity. You might want to write that down. You might want to learn that. That might be your next tattoo. Uh, <laughs> unbelief will always put you in a passive position to demonic activity. The enemy wants you to let your guard down. Because he knows he can't take the name of Jesus. He knows if you're walking in faith, he can't take you. Maria, come on, sister. He knows he can't take you if you're going to keep him in the faith arena. I could just see you, Maria, in the boxing ring. Right? And the lights come on. And there you are with them 16-ounce gloves. And the lights come on. You know what those lights represent? Faith. And you're like, come on. Come on. I got this. I got this. And the devil's out there going, I ain't getting in there with her. Woo-wee. Should clean your clock, boy, you get in there with her. Because you know why he don't want to get in the light? Because he's darkness. And the darkness cannot function in the light. Darkness cannot sneak up on you when you stay in the light. You're going to know what the devil's trying to do to you. <laughs> You're going to see what he's trying to do before he tries to do it. Because you're walking in the light. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Right? But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He volunteered for your death. Is that amazing? That's why, verse 9, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, beings in heaven and beings in earth and beings in, under the earth, and that every tongue, say every tongue, shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let this mind be in you, that this name belongs to you, and that at that name every knee shall bow. Now where does faith come from, Maria? Hearing. So faith in the name of Jesus hears, comes from hearing the word of God about the name of Jesus. Say this with me. I'm hearing. I have faith. I can hear. I have ears, Lord Jesus. I hear your word. I have faith in your name. And at that name, every knee shall bow. Division. You know, sometimes Satan wants to just divide families. Division is a name. And at that name of Jesus, the name of division has to bow. Say this, division, you can't come in my house. Mm -mm, you cannot come in my house. Uh -oh, say poverty. You can't come in my house. Poverty, in that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Now, Patsy, I'm going to give you just a little tidbit here real quick. Uh, did you know that you have an angel that, that works for you? Yeah. Okay. Do you need money? Yes. We all do. Right? Yep. What you ought to do is you ought to tell your angel, say, Mr. Angel, in Jesus' name, you go get me the money I need and give him a dollar amount. Now don't go crazy and say bring me five billion dollars unless you've got a plan for five billion dollars. You might need rent. It looks like you need a car. I thought I saw on Facebook you need your car fixed or you need a car, right? Okay, well get a dollar amount, write it down on a piece of paper. Go find out how much it costs to fix your car. Write that down on a piece of paper, and then you show that piece of paper to your angel. You say, in Jesus' name, you go get me this dollar amount. Because the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of beings in heaven, beings in the earth, and beings under the earth, right? You have the right to uh, command your angel in Jesus' name to get you and bring you the things that you need. To raise your family. You're trying to raise two kids, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Uh, your, your new baby's uh, Patrick, right? Yeah. Right. And what's the big boy's name? Uh, my daughter. Oh, yeah. My, my bad. Yeah. What's your daughter's name? Scarlett. Scarlett? Scarlett. Okay. Well, it takes money to raise two kids, doesn't it, Patsy? Yeah. Okay. And you need groceries and stuff, don't you? You need your car, right? Yeah. Okay. Just say this. You need a dollar amount. Do you know how much it takes you to live for a month? <laughs> Have you ever thought about it? No. Why don't you think about it for a little while tonight and write it down on a piece of paper and say, Lord, this is what I need. I believe I receive this dollar amount coming to me every month. And then tell your angel... In Jesus' name, you go get this money and bring it to me. Can you do that? 
All right. All right. Now, it looks like you've got a job, right? That's good. There's nothing. It's good to have a job. God can bless your job, but God is not limited by your job. God will bless you way beyond your job if you believe him. I know you got faith. I know you got faith. So start using your faith. And God's going to start uh, uh, moving in your life. Can you say amen? amen? All right. I want you all in the, in the couple of minutes I got left here. Do I got a couple of minutes? Yeah, I got a couple of minutes. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. We're talking about the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Acts chapter 4. All right. I'm going to read briskly through some of this here, all right? Now, you realize in, um, in Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John, in Acts chapter 3, verse 3, they're, they're meeting the man at the gate of the temple who was a, a, a lame man, right? He'd never walked. He'd been there uh, for many years, and he was laying there at the gate of the temple when Peter and John came. They said uh, in verse 4, Peter fastening his eyes on him uh, said, look on us. And in verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the uh, right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Verse 8, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now what did that? What made that man walk? Anybody? Let's see what Peter said. And I think you're on the right track. You're on the right track. Now, what happened here, I don't have time to read all this, but what happened is when the lame man uh, was healed, Peter and John got in trouble with the, with the church, with the religious big shots. They said, hey, who are you guys going around messing up our religion by healing people in front of the church? That don't work. We don't want you to do that. They got him in big trouble. They arrested them, and they took him into court. And in the courtroom, they saw verse chapter 4, verse 13. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. <laughs> There's hope for me and you, right? And they marveled. All right. <clears throat> Where am I here? Verse 5. It came to pass, they put him in jail overnight, and verse 5, it came to pass that on the morrow, the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all them guys, they set them in the middle of the courtroom and they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Where do you guys get off? What is the authority that you're using to mess up our religion? And you know when you start healing people, you know, when people start getting cars given to them by Jesus, sometimes the religious people don't understand it, but that kind of thing happens all the time. If you have faith in the name of Jesus, can you say amen? I mean, I know people that have given away cars. I know people that have received cars free, more than one. <laughs> and Peter answered them in verse 8, and he said, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, he said, you rulers and you guys, if you guys are examining us for the good deed which was done to this man, I want everybody in town to know that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, 
whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him does this man stand before you whole. Uh, Verse 11, excuse me, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, uh, I wish I had more time, but we're going to have to wrap it up here because it's almost, it's 8 o'clock. But I want you to recognize that Peter says in verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other name. You know, uh, some people really like Buddha. That's fine, but that name won't save you. The name of Buddha can't save you from hell. The name of Buddha can't bring your kids home. The name of Buddha can't raise the dead. The name of Buddha can't heal the sick. I mean, I'm sure he was a really nice guy, right? The name of Muhammad can't save you from hell. The name of Muhammad can't heal the sick. But the name of Jesus can not only save you from hell, the name of Jesus can get you your rent money. The name of Jesus can bring peace to your home. The name of Jesus can bring healing to your body, even if the doctor says you've got to die tomorrow. Isn't that right, Cindy? If the doctor says you've got to die tomorrow, that doctor has a name, doesn't he? I said this in church one time. If the doctor says you're going to die You might just tell that doctor as nice as you possibly can. Well, so are you, sir. (laughs) We can't be intimidated by what a man says. Not when we have the name of Jesus, right? But we have to use the name of Jesus. It is our weapon in warfare. It is the sword in our mouth. The name of Jesus has been given to us to defeat evil that we face every single day. Well, I love you. I'm praying for you. I will see you in church. I will see you in the sky. I want you to be uh, in, in church with us if you can at all possibly be in church this Sunday, September 9th, for Revision Sunday. Uh, we are going to begin to unwrap a big, beautiful package at the Family of Faith International Church right here at 555 West, 112th Avenue in North Glen, Colorado, 10 o'clock Sunday morning for Revision Sunday. I'll see you there. God bless you. I love you. I'm praying for you.